In our Lenten sermon series, we are looking to Jesus' I Am statements from the Gospel of John to help us renew our faith, frame our identity, and determine our purpose. In the Gospel of John, Jesus makes a series of statements starting with the words, I am. For followers of Jesus, these statements help us understand who God is and therefore help us understand who we are, what our purpose is, and give us a sense of direction. For today's message, we will be reflecting on Jesus' statement, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Before we hear our scripture reading, though, I'd like to get us oriented to where we are in the Gospel of John and the events surrounding Jesus' statement. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, as part of what is called his farewell discourse. Basically, it's part of a long speech that Jesus makes where he says goodbye to his disciples as they share one final meal together. During this meal, Jesus washes the feet of his disciples and gives them the commandment to love each other, saying, just as I have loved you, so you also must love each other. This is how everyone will know that you are my disciples, when you love each other. And Peter then asks Jesus, where are you going? And Jesus answers, where I am going, you can't follow me now, but you will follow later. Peter says back, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I'll give up my life for you. Jesus responds, will you give up your life for me? I assure you that you will deny me three times before the rooster crows. And right here is where our reading for today picks up. You'll hear that it starts with Jesus saying, don't be troubled. And note that Jesus is saying, don't be troubled to Peter and the disciples right after Jesus had, has told Peter that Peter will deny Jesus three times. Let's listen as the scripture is read. As we prepare to hear the scriptures read, let us pray. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, may we hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. Today's reading comes from the Gospel according to John, chapter 14, the first 14 verses. Don't be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. My father's house has room to spare. If that weren't the case, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When I go to prepare a place for you, I will return and take you to be with me, so that where I am, you will be too. You know the way to the place I am going. Thomas asked, Lord, we don't know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you have really known me, you will also know the Father. From now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father. That will be enough for us. And Jesus replied, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been with you all this time? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? 
Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I have spoken to you, I don't speak on my own. The Father who dwells in me does his works. Trust me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on account of the works themselves. I assure you that whoever believes in me will do the works that I do. They will do even greater works than these because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask for in my name so that the Father can be glorified in the Son. When you ask me for anything in my name, I will do it. The Word of the Lord. As we look to Jesus's I Am statement today, I have a question for you. Is the world mostly a competition where there are winners and losers? Or more of a relational place where we're bound by ties to one another? In other words, is the world a battlefield where everyone is fighting for power? Or a community where all people and everything else is connected? This is not a new question. This has been a point of debate in philosophy going back at least to Plato, who lived 400 years before Jesus. And the way in which we answer this question can drastically influence our behavior in the world, how we relate to other people, how we govern ourselves, and even how we manage our natural resources. Reading or watching the news mostly gives us evidence that the world is a battlefield. Power is to be seized, Winners look out for themselves. Next time you read the news, really take a look at the headlines. The majority of stories are about battles for power, big and small. Even people who are trying to do good in the world do it in a framework of battling it out in the arena. It's a world of competition, survival of the fittest. It's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. Winning isn't everything. It's the only thing. Our news, our politics, our entertainment, our sports, all built around the concept that there are winners and losers, and it's better to be on the winning team. Being a loser is sad and to be avoided at any cost. How you perceive the world will have an effect on what you hear when you hear Jesus's statement, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And how we interpret Jesus's words profoundly affects our behavior as Christians individually and as a whole church. So does Jesus mean that the world is a battlefield with winners and losers and the winners believe in Jesus? If so, that means everyone not on his team is a loser that will get left behind. That's the way this statement is often interpreted. But is a winner's and loser's framework truly in these Bible verses, or is that baggage we're bringing to the text when we read it? Let's take a closer look. We'll look at four elements, the setting of Jesus's speech, the verses that come right before today's reading, the verses of today's reading, John 14, one through 14 themselves, and what happens just after Jesus concludes his farewell speech. First, the setting of the speech. 
John chapter 13 tells us that Jesus is making preparations to leave this world. Verse 13.1 says something quite beautiful. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them fully. Now Jesus is sharing an evening meal with these disciples that he loved and loved fully. They are eating food and drinking wine together. Think about all the meals they've shared, including the ones that they ate miraculously with thousands of people. Jesus knows that this will be the last time in this lifetime that he and his beloved friends will sit together. He surprises them by tying a towel around his waist, kneeling down and washing their feet, even the feet of Judas Iscariot, who Jesus knows will soon betray him. Jesus' actions embarrass Peter, who resists at first having Jesus wash his feet, perhaps because in Jesus' time it was the work of a servant or a slave to wash their master's feet. When you get a chance, go back and read John 13 and ask yourself, is Jesus washing his disciples' feet about power or about relationships? Okay, so... Now let's look at the verses that just come just before Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus gives his disciples a new commandment saying, I give you a new commandment, love each other just as I have loved you. So you also must love each other. This is how everyone will know you are my disciples when you love each other. Then Peter asks, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answers, where I am going, you can't follow me now, but you will follow later. Peter says, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I'll give up my life for you. Jesus replies, will you give up your life for me? I assure you that you will deny me three times before the rooster crows. So we see here that as Jesus is saying goodbye, he commands that his disciples continue to love one another even though Jesus knows that Peter will deny Jesus in order to protect himself after Jesus is arrested. Knowing that Peter will fail to live up to his assertion that he'd give up his life for Jesus, Jesus still loves Peter and wants Peter to be his disciple. Is there a winner and loser in this scenario? Or in the words of that famous reality competition, Project Runway, is this a one day you're in and the next day you're out kind of situation? Really, if we put ourselves in Peter's shoes, what a blow that must have been to Peter that he felt maybe like his beloved teacher didn't trust him at all, that he won't actually get to follow Jesus later. He might feel like a big loser or that he's out for good. But Jesus reassures him. Jesus says, don't be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. My father's house has room to spare. If that weren't the case, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? I will return and take you to be with me so that where I am going, you will be too. You know the way to the place I'm going. So Jesus knows that Peter will deny him, and yet he promises that there's room enough for Peter where Jesus is going, room to spare, 
even for flawed people like Peter. And Jesus will come back for those he loves. He's not leaving them behind forever. Thomas isn't totally reassured. He gets a little nervous and says, Lord, we don't know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus answers, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you have really known me, you will also know the Father. From now on, you know him and have seen him. The Father in this scripture is God, the creator, the progenitor of everything, the source and ground of all being, the author of life. Jesus says, if you know him, you know God. Philip doesn't get it. He wants to see the Father for real. And Jesus says, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been with you all the time? He goes on to say, I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. When we get to know Jesus, we get to know God, the big creator, Father God, intimately. We talk about this sometimes as the Trinity or God's relational life within God that is known to us in three ways that we name as Father, Son, Spirit, or Creator, Redeemer, Sustainer. And Jesus tells us that to know him is to know God. The character of Jesus is the character of God. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And who is Jesus? Jesus is the one who lays down his life for his sheep. He is the teacher and healer and miracle worker, the one who cares for the least of these, who stops the stoning of a woman caught in adultery, heals the hemorrhaging woman, who crosses borders, who sits down with everyone, rich and poor, male and female, and who commands his followers to love one another. In these actions, Jesus, who is in the Father and the Father in him, reveals the character of God. And Jesus' actions, when he finishes his farewell speech, reveal the character of God even more. Jesus leaves the dinner party and goes to the garden at Gethsemane, where he turns himself over to the gods, to the guards. In captivity, he refuses to claim the title of king and instead gives up his life out of love for the world. I started out today by asking the question, is the world a battlefield where everyone is fighting for power or a community where all people and everything else is connected? If you had trouble answering, I think that's because the answer to both questions is yes. Yes, the world is a battlefield where everyone is fighting for power, and yes, the world is a community where everything is connected. If both are true, as followers of Jesus, let us ask then, in which way are we called to live? The Gospels tell us that we are called to live as God lives, not as winners and losers, but in community, understanding that everything and everyone is created by God, loved by God, and held by God. 
We are called to live in the way, the truth, and the life of Jesus. Jesus' way is the way of love. Jesus' truth is that God is love. And to have a life in Jesus is to live as though we are called to love others as we love ourselves and to live lovingly held in the promise of an eternal life in God, not earned by us, but freely given because of God's mercy, grace, and love. When Jesus says, no one comes to the Father except through me, it's not a threat that there will be winners and losers. It's an invitation to know God more intimately. As people of faith, we must love the world that God created and trust that as God works in us, God also works in other people. As God gives us grace, God gives grace to others as well. As we look to Jesus this Lent, if we believe the good news that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, our direction and purpose is clear. Let us ask God to help us to follow in the way of Jesus with eyes to see the world, ourselves, and other people as God sees us, as God's own and fully loved. May it be so. Amen.